This week on Erotic Awakening... Labels in the Community. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dom. Hi, Dan. How are you this fine evening? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. That's good. <laughs> I hope you're doing really good because we have a lot of show to get through. I, I see that. <laughs> a lot to cover. We're going to be talking later about labels and how they're used in the community. So, and labels and definitions is always a good topic. So, everybody's got their opinion, and we are going to hear someone else's opinion. And I personally feel that labels can be both a way that can help you along your path as well as a way that they can constrict you in your growth. Oh, I absolutely agree. We'll talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit. And then we'll also have some audio we did with uh, Great Lakes Master and Slave 2009 title holders, Master Christina, Fink, and Esteban. Yes. And it was a great conversation. It was a great so conversation. So I'm looking forward to hearing it again. Even though they called me a hippie. <laughs> but before we get to that, we have some other business to take care of real quick. Okay. For example... Our on-the-field reporter, Amanda, mm-hmm. went to Frolicon. Frolicon, right. She, she just got back from that. We got a couple minutes of audio with her. We get to hear how much of a good time it was. <laughs> I want to know if it was just running around to sex parties, or if it was putting on latex elf ears and running around, or know. preferably... Both. <laughs> Sex with latex elf ears on. That would be awesome. We'll find out in a little bit when we uh, play our little bit of audio that we got from Amanda. Uh, also wanted to mention a uh, hello to Paco and Nina. Yes, a shout out to Paco shout and out. Nina. They uh, wrote us from Panama, Central America. Yes. It's always neat to hear from people that are out of the United States and have found the podcast in uh, places that we really hadn't thought of people listening. Exactly. So, and they seem to really enjoy it. So that's always good to hear. Yep. And as a matter of fact, if you guys are listening right now, you should send us a little, um, a little bit of Central American kink that we can play on the podcast. Maybe uh, do one of the promos or welcome to Erotic Awakening in Espanol, <laughs> which I'm making the assumption that's what we speak in Central America. <laughs> Um, what else you got going on? We got a lot going on. So, you know, another comment that we got last week was someone had written and said that they, uh, they heard about us because they were recommended via someone on FetLife. Whoever recommended them, thank you. We always appreciate when listeners recommend us to other people. Absolutely. Right? Don't, mm-hmm. don't want donations. Don't send money. Just tell a friend. Exactly. But this person goes on to say that they had an issue with one of the questions we talked about last in last episode. Mm-hmm. And we're very open to hearing any feedback, so this was awesome. What they had mentioned was there was a question that came up about how much work it is in an MS relationship, how much work it is to have a relationship going. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like our question was only concerning polyamory, and they said they felt that monogamy was somewhat dismissed in the answer. 
Yeah, well, I can see that if you're monogamous and listening to it. But um, one of the things that I like to mention is that I can't answer for a monogamous relationship. I mean, we started out that way. So if I thought way back when, you know, I might have an answer. But the way we answer them is currently in our relationship. And I think that's the way it comes over. Which it could also be said, we suck at monogamy. Well, yeah. <laughs> but as it happens... Tomorrow night we'll have we'll be having a uh, house tea our MS house and um, John and Beth who did kinky monogamy with us not too long ago will be right. here and also Rick and Rick's kitten another MS monogamous couple will be here exactly so we'll bust out the mic there you go and we'll, and we'll ask have them. them as well so we'll have a little bit of feedback from a perspective of monogamy and not from a you know what is monogamy but directly. We'll ask him this question. Tell us about the work in an MS relationship as it relates to monogamy. I think that's a great idea. So that'll be coming up in a future episode. I did mention recently, as a matter of fact, in our last show, I said I was going to put up a fresh picture of us. Mm -hmm. As it happens, that picture was actually about eight years old. Ouch. It was back when I had short hair, and you don't look that much different. No. I seem to have aged a lot in eight years. I've lost a little bit of weight. And I've got those wrinkles right there. <laughs> those are the only ones I'm admitting to. I know better than to point those out, regardless of the fact that I happen to have new glasses on and everything is much clearer now. So cute. I like them. And in your face and wrinkles are a little more clear now that I have oh, new glasses thanks. on. Thanks. Yes, that was the sound of my slave bitch slapping me. So we will put a picture, a new current picture of Dawn and I up on eroticawakening.com. Mm -hmm. And we do have a few, so we've got some good ones. And I just did a photo shoot yesterday where the they came out really nice. And uh, I'm going to get you hooked up too, and we'll go get some more pictures done. Good. As soon as we get those pictures from your photo shoot, we'll get those up too. Mm -hmm. Other than that, speaking of people seeing us here's something really exciting I <laughs> it think, is anyway. it's really exciting dawn and i did some video for something called kink academy some time ago so if they want to see what we look like that's where they can go <laughs> one of our presentations called slutty sex for real relationships is mm -hmm. now a a video over there at kink academy yes now uh kink academy is a pay-per-use site so they are um, I don't remember how much it is. I think it's, it's $10 a month. Yeah, I remember she said if you um, bought a couple of cups of coffee, that would be your payment for the month. Something like that. We've actually got we've got a little bit of audio with Princess Callie, who runs mm -hmm. Kink Academy. And we'll stick that in today's show, too. You can, go li you can listen to that. And then you can decide, hey, it's worth it. And we'll go over and take a look at Dan and Don and see them laying in bed talking about slutty sex. <laughs> Along with a lot of other presenters Oh, there's as some well. fantastic yes. stuff on there. If you're not interested in going to see us, go over to Kink Academy just to watch Sarah Sloan, Sloan talk about yes. G-spots. Yes. That is some hot, <laughs> I mean, educational yeah, Educational, stuff. yes, educational. <laughs> so a little bit of Kink Academy coming up in a few minutes. Also wanted to mention... Couple of events coming up here in the central Ohio area. And for those listeners that are in Central America or Denmark or California, you're like, why are you guys always going on about Ohio? Well, that's where we're getting booked at right now. 
when we get booked in Central America or Denmark or California, we'll talk about those events too. Or Mm, or let us know about those events because we're not going to know about them unless we're booked for them. Absolutely. Send us, you know, if you guys know about events you want to hear about, um, and and we've got one of those coming up as well that we can talk about. But before we get over there, mm-hmm. let's stay with the Ohio thing for just a moment. This weekend coming up, you and I will be going to... Sterling Shadow Club's 10th anniversary. That is going to be a great time. We'll be running the... Scarlet Sanctuary there, along with Karen, and we mm-hmm. will also be doing a presentation called Sensual Humiliation. One of my favorite <laughs> uh, presentations to do because I get to talk a lot about things I've done to you. Yes. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun, and that is in Lima, Ohio. Yes. I think tickets are still available for that one. I'm not sure, but I would think so. If you want to go to that event and you're afraid you won't know anybody, well, you'll know us. Exactly. Drop us a line. We'll make sure to spend some time with you. Same goes for the next event that we'll be going to in Cleveland, Ohio, Cinco de Mayo. Yes. I understand as of about two days ago, there's about 30 tickets left. So if you want to make it to Cinco de Mayo, you better hurry up and get your tickets for that one. And Cinco's always a good time, so we love have, it. There. We have never not had a wonderful time at Cinco mm-hmm. de Mayo. Again, same thing. Can't use the excuse, I won't know anybody, because you'll know us. You'll know us, and we'll introduce you to people. Drop us a line. <laughs> we'll spend some time with you. We'll introduce you to people, mm-hmm. like you said. We'll flirt recklessly with you. <laughs> um, and these we'll, are, yeah, these are a great group of people at both events. So you will have a good time. And you will be safe, and you will be respected, and yes. you'll be treated well. And that's certainly been our experience at these events so far. Tell us me, though, about your experience last weekend. My understanding is you went to an event that we've never been to before. I did. I went to an event we've never been to before, and it was slightly different, and I had a really great time. This was uh, the Leather Leadership Conference, and it was hosted in Detroit this time. Um, Different groups take it every year, so it moves around the country, but this time it was in Detroit, and it was um, like an educational conference, so... It was um, presenters um, doing presentations on how to be a presenter mm-hmm. or how to polish up your act. Mm-hmm. Um, there was leaders from the different communities talking about how to create events and make events better and um, how to get volunteers and keep volunteers wow. and, you know, and all this stuff, everything that makes the community work, you know. So it was great. And it was Canada people and American people. So even the opening ceremony, Mm -hmm. they did both anthems. So it was very cross-cultural and it was, um, it was the BDSM communities. It was the gay men's leather community. It was, you know, it was very cross-cultural. It was, it was very awesome. Very neat. Very Mm -hmm. neat. And and my understanding is that you got to share a room. I did. I got to share a room with a great dancer and Naya. Mm -hmm. So that was really Cool. (laughs) It was awesome. That was a great experience all the way around between um, the roommates, (laughs) which were, like I said, awesome, and the classes, and um, the fact that there was not a play party. Mm -hmm. Everybody spent their time socializing. 
Very neat. So there was no play party to take your mind off of things. It, it was just, you know, I really got to know people. People that I don't get to see because we're, we're usually like presenting at the same time. Right. Or it's somebody running an event and they're running around like, you know, crazy at an event. So I actually got to sit and talk with them. One of the neat things that I thought was you said a lot of people, because there was no play party, there was no focus on what kind of, of dates am I lining up for tonight? Mm. What kind of scenes am I lining right. up for tonight? So that pressure was just gone and it became a lot much more of a relaxed. relaxed yes, okay. absolutely. Now there was a play party off site. You know, one of the local groups was having a play party off-site. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a few people left for that, but most of them hung around and just, just chatted. Very neat, very neat. Mm -hmm. Looks like something we'll be going back to, or we, we'll both be going to next year. Yes, next year it's in Los Angeles. I would love to go. Very cool. <laughs> one other event we want to tell you about, and this is one that we just had a listener write in to tell us about and asked us if we would share the word about this one. This is kind of a Burning Man in Ohio, and it's called Awakenings. Well, how neat. <laughs> how neat indeed. Um, it is a gather of a collaborative, creative community largely based in the tri-state region of Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. It is a purely volunteer sort of thing. It runs on the 10 principles of Burning Man, and I'm sure everybody, well, many people have heard of Burning Man. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of this... I kind of like this line. It is a interactive experience that is both everything and nothing you will expect. Um, and they very much, they, they encourage their participants to just embrace their desires and let go of inhibitions. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of it. So, and, and more information, I love the title of this event. More information can be found at www.scorchednuts.com. Dot O-R-G. That would be scorched nuts, one word. Exactly. Dot org. Okay. So you have burning man, you have scorched nuts. Very neat. <laughs> that might be one that we want to check out. You know, big fans of events that we haven't been to before. Yes. And different kinds of events. I love, I love the idea of it. It's supposed to be um, Southern Ohio, a very primitive space. You know, though, yeah, it, it just it just sounds really awesome for that time of year. We are almost done with this intro type stuff. But yes. Two last things to, to mention real quick before we get into our discussion about labels. Okay. One of them is we have a new contest. Fabulous. You didn't know about I this I didn't one. know about this. Well, um, we have this little intro, this beginning part, yes. right? Where, um, welcome to Erotic it, yeah. Awakening with Dan and Don. Da, 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 da. If you don't like it, stop listening right now. Mm-hmm. We very much like that. But it'd be interesting to have a new one. So it would be interesting. If you go out, to, if you're listening and you want to record us a new beginning intro that we use on the show, you win the contest. Ooh, now does it have to be the same words or can they use what they want? Yeah, use whatever they want. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Keep in mind, you know, it, what the, the idea of the show is and what it, the feel of the show is. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got to say in there somewhere, if it's illegal for you to listen to, stop listening. And we kind of like the way, I kind of like the way it ends with the, you know. Right. Now. now. Yes. <laughs> so if you send that to us and we use it, you'll end up winning the contest, which will mean that you are the winner of... Oh, our thanks and appreciation. <laughs> I'm sure we'll come up with something. That's the downside of not accepting donations. Our prize locker <laughs> is pretty empty, but we will come up with something, um, at least of which would be our thanks. Mm -hmm. And finally, I want to mention, 
The Amazing Slave Gem has put together our new logo. Yes. And man, do I love it. It is so hot. It is awesome. We've been putting it on everything, so it's good. Yes. And of course, it would be a waste of time for us to try and explain it to you because this is an audio experience. Well, like last time when I was trying to describe it with my hands, yes. you're just not going <laughs> to get the picture. For uh, <laughs> Slave Gem can see Dawn wave her hands around and come up with this beautiful logo. Our listeners probably can't hear you waving your hands and picture oh it looks like that that's wonderful i love that the heart on the pussy i love that if you want to see the new logo go check it out at uh, eroticawakening.com sounds great or if you want to make a comment about the show go to erotic awakening our contact form is called got contacts i like that and then the voicemail is 206 309, yeah. <laughs> Nobody uses the voicemail anyway, so never mind. And email Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. On FetLife, we can be found under Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, Dan and Dawn. Hello, is Amanda there? This is she. Hey, Amanda, this is Dan. And Dawn. Hi, Dan. From Erotic Hi, Awakening. Hi. And uh, I understand you just got back from Frolicon. Yes, I did, and it was an absolute blast. You really should try and come next year. Now, Don and I get to go to a variety of events and stuff, but never been to anything like Frolicon. So what, did, what was it like? What's it about? Well, Frolicon is billed as an adult-oriented science fiction convention, and that's pretty much what it is. Well, most of these sorts of adult conventions are geared for play parties and panels and things of that nature. Comic-Con has all that as well, but it also will have tracks devoted to science fiction, anime, gaming, things of that nature. Nice. Okay. Very cool. Kinky and geeky. Absolutely. Kinky and geeky. So what took you to well, largely the nagging, bribery, and constant pleas from several friends of mine who've been going for years. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. Yeah. I, I, I understand that you were involved in one of the LARPs out there. Yes, uh, we did have a LARP this year for the first time. Um, it was run by the gaming director, and he will hopefully be running a second one uh, in this coming year. This particular one was based off Vampire the Requiem, put out by White Wolf Game Publishing for their New World of Darkness. Nice. How many people did you get participating? Do you know? Well, we had some folks coming in and out throughout. I would say that overall we had about 10 people this time, and hopefully we'll be able to expand that a bit next year. Nice. And was it, was it adult-themed, or was it more classical vampire? It was more classical vampire. This is the sort of game that you might have run across in any, you know, tabletop or live action gaming group anywhere in the country. It just happened to be at an adult convention. Okay, very cool, very mm -hmm. cool. What, what kind of adult activities were going on at Frolicon? <laughs> well, in addition to the panels and classes, we also had play parties every night, as well as several more private room parties devoted to various themes. There were some stage shows. There was an adult-oriented art uh, gallery. There were also 
There are also several things in, along the lines of burlesque events, contests, things like that as well. Oh, very neat. So over the weekend, what was the most fun thing that you did? Well, I would say that would be a toss-up between the erotic hypnosis demonstration and the pony play. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had never done either of those things before, so I figured, well, it's a year for trying new things. Oh, fantastic. How many people go to FrolicCon? Any idea? Oh, goodness. Um, I think the largest badge number that I saw was upwards of 1,500, but I'm not sure what their numbering conventions were, so okay. I'm not sure if that was an actual head count. <laughs> Was it all in one hotel, or is it one of those that spread out over a few? The convention itself was all in one hotel. I believe that there was some overflow in terms of housing, but all the activities were situated in the one place. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a lovely hotel. Uh, the Gateway Sheridan is a really nice place to be. Okay. Now, so if someone... I know you've explained a lot about the event, but if someone had not been before, how would mm -hmm. you describe it to them? <laughs> well, this is quite possibly the best place that you could find all of the things you would find with a normal science fiction convention, the gaming, the uh, costumes, the movies, the art. But at the same time, this is a slightly smaller, more intimate group of people that you know share a lot more of your less open activities. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice. So loud and boisterous or just a bunch of people milling around? It got loud at some points. It was, <laughs> I would say that it was the largest group of personal friends I've ever encountered. Never mind oh. that I didn't know very many of them at all. Very nice. Did, did you oh, do any yeah. of the workshops or presentations? Oh, definitely. This year we had several different presentations on erotic hypnosis as well as how it's used in various other aspects uh, of, well, BDSM overall. Uh, I mentioned the pony play. There were also some really nice uh, single-tail workshops. I was able to handle one of those for the first time. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the I'm, only time I did that, I kind of uh, marked my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned that it's a lot more difficult than it looks, but mm -hmm. maybe if I were to keep practicing, I'd stop hitting myself in the ear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so something that I remember from some of the science fiction conventions that, that we've kind of uh, uh, been to, <laughs> mm -hmm. I was going to say snuck in on one, but <laughs> that we've been to, um, the costuming, we've come across, you know, a lot of people just dressed in jeans and T-shirts and such, and then there would be, like, a few people that were, like, really dressed up, like aliens and stuff. Did you see anything Absolutely. like that? And, and what was yeah. your favorite? Well, there was a lot of costuming that goes on at Frolicon. Everything from the sort of standard science fiction things that you might expect. Uh, there, was, there was a huge steampunk contingent. There's actually even oh, a panel nice. for yes. There's actually a panel even for how to do steampunk costuming. That no, you cannot just stick gears and goggles on and call it good. <laughs> uh, there were adult babies. There were full-on fur suiters. There were folks in 
every type of fetish here that you could ever hope to run across. And, in fact, there were some folks who were just very nearly naked and wandering loosely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's my favorite costume, personally, but that's just me. So one more question for you, if you don't mind, Amanda. Sure. Are you going back next year? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no pause on that at all, huh? Oh, no. No, no. In fact, after a couple of years of doing this, I'm going to probably end up looking for more of the adult conventions to go to, since Frolicon's the only one I've been to so far. Oh, okay. Very cool. Well, there's plenty of them out there. That's for sure. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Amanda. You are officially our uh, I'm in the field reporter, which, by the way, carries no pay or benefits whatsoever. <laughs> well, story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you. So, Dawn, after that long-winded introductory part, we should actually talk a little bit about the meat of the show today, which is about labels mm -hmm. and how they're used in the community. Exactly. And, um, again, like I said, everybody's got their own definitions of these labels. So, and um, a few of the labels, are, of course, are Dom, Top, Master, Slave, Sub, Bottom, and Leather House, and, you know, and it goes from there. Switch. And longtime listeners to the podcast will have heard my rant or two along <laughs> the way about the, I don't want to say abuse of labels. That's a little bit too strong. But yeah. people that use labels in ways that I think are misleading. Oh, good. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Now, as far as, we're not going to go through all the definitions of all the different words that what we think they are. If you're really interested, our uh, MS website is housemeta.com. And there we did set out some terminology. When we say master, this is what we mean. When we mm -hmm. say total power exchange relationship, this is what we mean. Right. And again, it's our definition. So it's, it's the way we define the labels that works for us in our house. But do you think for yourself that the label slave is limiting? Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good question. I'm going to say at the beginning, I did not think it was limiting. At the beginning, it was very empowering to figure out that that's who I was according to how some people defined slave. Mm -hmm. um, as I grew, you know, I don't know that it's limiting because I keep redefining it. <laughs> another label that you have is clergy. Yes. And another label that you have is slut. And yes. Another label that you have <laughs> is... And we, we talk about this with... Um, with uh, and, and Fink had some really interesting feedback on this. Mm -hmm. These different labels that you have, you know, how do you prevent them from conflicting? How is it that you're comfortable with the idea that you are both a slut and a mommy? I or, had to work at it. Don't you remember? <laughs> and it's not just the lifestyle labels. And we're, mm -hmm. we're focused on labels in the communities, but you know, soon I'm going to have a new label myself, Grandpa. Yeah, right? I know. And. Um, <laughs> You know, just the idea of who is that sexy grandpa is just a weird <laughs> sentence to say. I don't, you know, it just makes me feel all squiggly. I know, but at first I think it can be limiting, you know, you kind of embrace it. Some of them, some of them, you know, you kind of embrace it. And then for some of them, they were kind of scary. Oh my God, this word means 
this. I'm going to be boxed into this thing once I have this label. Maybe like grandma. You know, I used to think that I either had to be the soccer mom or the 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 slutty slut, you mm -hmm. know? And it took me a while to figure out that I could be both. It depended on how I lived it and how I defined the words for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the whole compartmentalizing, that's when it gets kind of boxy, right. you know? And that's where it gets kind of limiting. So, you know, if I box myself in as whatever label you want to use, it can be very much a struggle. Mm -hmm. So very much a struggle, especially if I use a definition that's given to me by somebody else. Well, and that's really the, the tricky part is on one hand, are you allowed to self-define what these labels are? And on the other hand, do you know, how much power can you get from a label that someone else has given you? Now, I had a fellow that I was mentoring or who asked me to mentor him, and the first thing I told him was, look, you're not allowed to call yourself master anymore. You ain't done shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and I appreciate that on FetLife, all male tops call themselves master. But for me, you know, master is a recognition that you have accomplished certain things. Right. You've taken certain responsibilities. Uh, and that person, actually, I never heard from them again <laughs> after that. Apparently, they disagreed with this particular view of this label. But it's really interesting to see people go on there. And, you know, some people are, are very um, anti the word slave. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not just from a perspective of the historical context. They're saying, well, I'm no slave because if I'm a slave, that means I have no free will. Right. So they're letting it limit them. I mean, there's still basic, basic thoughts to the labels. You know what I mean? So, like... Most people think a top is just in a scene. Right. Okay. Well, if you've redefined top to mean the same thing as master, then we have problems. So some of these labels are needed in a generic way, in a broad sense. Sure. Um, and I think it's Fink that talks about that in a little bit. You know, if you and I both look at that thing that gives light that sits in the corner, we both look at it and go lamp. You know, there's nothing wrong with that label. It doesn't mm -hmm. limit it. It's just descriptive. Unless you think a lamp is always a two-foot-high, brown round with a 40-watt light bulb in it. Right. I mean, Well, <laughs> with the exception of the light bulb, you would love a two-foot-tall, brown, <laughs> round device that you can Stop. mount and get lit up, so oh, yeah. to speak. <laughs> We're sitting here with Christina Fink and Esteban, and we uh, interviewed you guys one time before, and we talked about master-slave polyamory dynamics. And today we're going to talk a little bit more, and we're going to talk about labels and some other psychological, really cool stuff <laughs> that you were just saying, which I'm not going to try and repeat. But where we're coming at from this is, as people grow into their erotic awakening. Right. As people come to these events, leather events, BDSM events, swing events, lifestyle events, polyamory events, we immediately put them into categories. For example, if you were to go to an event where you had a table of BDSM enthusiasts at one table and you have a polyamory enthusiast at another table and you had leather folk at another table, they would all be looking at each other going, what sick bastards. <laughs> what they do is it's safe. It's not safe. It's not consensual. Oh boy, they don't even know how to have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that a lot of times we look at each other this way 
and there's a few events that Don and I have had the opportunity to go to where we all walk in the same place and where we share some of these things. Um, so we were talking about how we perceive people and how we label them, and it seems like by simply putting a label on people, we're starting off by judging them right off the bat. We're judging them and we're, we're boxing them in. So It's important to remember that when you put a label on someone, you're really restricting them to the boundaries of that label and you're kind of dehumanizing them. So you're creating a stereotype in your mind about the person they are. And when you put a label on someone, you really restrict what you can think about them. So it's important when you look at people to remember those labels, but to look at them as, as deeper people. As I'm sure, you know, someone could look at you and say, oh, he's got long hair. He's a hippie. Obviously, <laughs> look at that hippie freak. Let's, let's not talk to him. But you're much deeper than someone with long hair, and that not, may not even be accurate. So it's important to remember as well that the labels you apply to people may seem appropriate, but may not be accurate at all. Well, he is wearing sandals. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's... Depending on the community you're in, that could mean different things. <laughs> in my case, the long hair is about trying to get laid. Well, <laughs> not about being... Oh, it's true. Not like and it works on you. It works on you. Or for our Mitch Hedberg fans, he's a cake. That motherfucker likes cake. <laughs> so does that mean... And this is really interesting because what's don't you have a label? Doesn't that collar on your neck imply a label? Well, of course, you know, we like to categorize things. I mean, you need to categorize things. You know that's a lamp and this is a bed because you need to function where primates and primates categorize things. It's important to remember those sorts of things. So, of course, there are labels, but when you apply a label to a person, you need to remember what that label means and not restrict them by that label. So, labeling people in general applies more of something to them than just trying to remember what they're into or try to, to feed on what the person is, is wearing or doing. I think what he's trying to say is that people aren't one-dimensional and we seize on that because that's an easy way to categorize by a single dimension but he has a collar around his neck and it does mean he's a slave but it doesn't mean he's not a lot of other things too. And if you've ever been to a Hot Topic store I'm sure there's a lot of kids in there wearing collars and I don't think that means anything near the same thing. So. <laughs> I just want a chance to finally use my undergraduate degree in philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story by Jorge Luis Borges called Funes the Memorious, not memorable, but memorious. And the special feature of Funes is that he can remember every single little detail, but he can't generalize. <laughs> the narrator of the story therefore concludes that he's not really thinking because he can't realize that all the water in a straight line makes a river, but he can recognize each little droplet and recount them as he experiences it. No human can do that. That's the entire idea. It's a little piece of psychological fantasy here. We use labels so we can understand things, but labels, and now we're getting to Sartre here, labels are, as Christina said, one-dimensional. We only have a defined understanding of the label, and that's also, labels are unique to us, so when I say someone's into leather, that might be, depending on your knowledge of leather, they only wear leather, or they practice BDSM, or they're gay, or it could mean a million different things. The thing is not to get hung up so much on the labels that are attached to them. They describe people, but they aren't the full story of people. That's a whole Trans, uh, transcendence thing of Sartre. We're always trying to attach labels to ourselves, but then we try to transcend our labels. Very cool. And, and it's just, 
part of me is fascinated by that, and part of me is fascinated by the fact that this week we're talking about the philosophy of being transcended with labels, and next week shows on blowjobs. <laughs> Well, well, you know, I hear a good blowjob can really transcend. Do you have a little Renaissance sound effect around here? <laughs> but, but that's very, it's very good point. And part of the problem that people have, I believe, in, in finding this erotic awakening, finding their erotic self, is the fact that they are coming into it with labels. For example, not only does Dawn have the label of co-host to a podcast. She also has the label of my slave. She also has the label of my slut. She also has the label of my wife. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, and part of and Dawn is also a clergy, you know. So that's another label, and we stack these on top of each other. So and a mom and a dog owner, and you know, all kinds of labels. Exactly, and I can clearly recall the first time. After she had done a ceremony, she did a wedding for two people, and this is a legitimate legal wedding of two people. That night I was on top of her fucking her brains out. Part of my brain said, you are fucking a clergy. <laughs> you better hope that this Buddhism thing is right. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to hell. You might go to hell anyway. There's probably a Buddha hell for people that fuck clergy. <laughs> and it's because of this label changed our relationship. So do you think that as how do people get rid of that? How do I get rid of being... Um, Mrs. Brady, I've got this label, I'm mom, I'm this, I'm that. How can I go to this sex party and just be a slut and not have that word slut carry this negative that labels carry? I think you have to do the introspection to come up with in your own head what that label means to you and to separate that from what you've been taught all your life that that label means. Because mom in your head may be an awful lot like Mrs. Brady and that doesn't have to be mom for you and mistress to a lot of people is a lot different than what I am with the boys and that my kind of mistress is not their kind of mistress and that's cool but if you're gonna start doing it you don't need to follow somebody else's script you can write your own script for it I think it has to do a lot with self-confidence as well I mean if, if you're a very confident person, you can look at those labels and think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, a great slut. Some people use that term positively. I've probably heard it multiple times this weekend in a positive <laughs> manner. So it really depends on having the self-confidence to get out there and own up to who you are and not worry so much about the labels on you. Now, at the beginning, when Dan and I first started MS and we found um, submissive or slave, I was actually empowered by that label. That was part of my erotic awakening, was finding that label and going, oh, I really fit into this. You know, but it is about designing it for yourself, what yeah. it means, and then not letting it limit you. I think there's a lot of relief sometimes in the diagnosis. It's yes. like you yes. always think you're a freak, and then you realize everybody else masturbates, and you're like, yes! <laughs> this feels good, and it's okay! <laughs> and you not you don't have to be a freak, or you, you know you're you're poly, and somebody tells you what the word is for it, and then you're like, oh, I'm not somebody who can't commit or just a big cheater. There's other people who are like this, so it may not be quote normal unquote, but at least it's known that there are other outliers on this bell curve, and we all hang out together. And this is the podcast where you hear about it, or this is a book <coughs> to read to know more about it. And I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of freedom in. The, the label in the beginning just to know that the group exists and then you have to define where you are in that group to your own liking yeah absolutely 
So one more question for you guys, if you don't mind then. If I want to get started and I feel like these labels are holding me back, you got any advice for somebody to say start shucking off these labels to start maybe building some self-confidence or you know some direction you would go in to start getting beyond I am this so I can't be that? Personally, I think the best thing to do is just put all those this is away and start saying I am in my case I am Christina and this is what Christina is doing today. God damn it! <laughs> and Very there cool. you go. Very cool. And and you start off that way and you tell yourself that a lot and. If you surround yourself with people who are positive and compassionate and who will support you, then you're home free. Then you know you tell them who you're going to be today, and they're happy for that, and they support you, and then it's all good. Very well, cool. I have one more question on top of dancing. <laughs> so um, you've learned how to do this with yourself, but some of us automatically do it with other people. If they're a slave, they should be doing this. If they're a mom, they should be doing that. So how do you get beyond that piece? Uh, well, like you were saying earlier, that uh, Dawn here is both your wife and your slut, those labels are contradictory to most people by their very definition or the definition they hold. However, to use the example of some we've met, uh, Slave Isabella is actually a slave dom. She likes actually uh, doing things like hitting people instead of being hit herself. She answers to a master, but she's more like the evil henchman who's not afraid to go ahead and abuse someone else for her master or her own gratification, I assume. I shouldn't probably be using someone I only met a couple of times as an example, but there we go. Um, the thing is with such labels is labels give you generalized understanding and guidance but and to really transcend them you really just have to act upon them and say well yes I'm slave Fink but I also beat up slave Esty with my <laughs> mistress so I'm not totally out of charge here. I answer to her but I don't have to answer to Esty. And the real thing is, I don't know if you can do this yourself or if it's something you're born with, but I myself just observe and let what's happening come in. And whatever I can take from it, if I observe slave-like behavior, that's a label I could probably safely put upon that. If they disagree, I respect that and I try to see their perspective. I mean, labels are really problematic when you're dealing with people. It's not like this bed is made. No one's going to disagree with that unless they're some aid school professional who's like, there's a wrinkle here, it's not really made. <laughs> when you come to people who can be different things and have different attributes and have changing attitudes, that's when you actually get into trouble with labels. And the best thing to do is simply observe and see what they're doing at that point to make up your own mind. Not everybody's at the same spot on their journey, and not everybody can be compassionate enough to do what Esty's talking about and to just observe your behavior and judge you on your behavior and not on what their preconceived notions are. But, you know, all you can do in response to that is to treat them the way that you'd want to be treated. Right. I think it's important as well to look at people as people. I'm sure you've all looked at yourself and said, well, you know, I'm not exactly fitting into X or Y label and you just realize that you know you'll never fit into those labels so just remember when you're thinking about other people think about yourself as well about you know if I was this person 
how would I feel? I wouldn't really feel like I was fitting into this label. Right. But, you know, just try to put that on other people. Realize they're people. They're probably thinking it all through themselves and being very confused. And we're all really fucked up and confused. And just remember that sort of thing. We, we call that empathy. Empathy. <laughs> empathy. That's what we call that. Empathy. Yes. Fantastic. Christina, Fink, Esteban, thank you very much for coming on the show again. I very much appreciate it. Bye. Good luck on the blowjob show, by the way. <laughs> Talking with Princess Callie of Kink Academy. Yes. Hi, Princess Callie. Hi, Dan and Don. <laughs> Hi. And actually, from the Department of Self Promotion, we just did some video for Kink Academy. So tell me what a Kink Academy is and what you're going to do with the video you just shot of us. Well, Kink Academy uh, is an overreaching idea, but currently it is in the um, format of a website, uh, most mostly, and then that's what the eventually we look forward to building a campus and that kind of stuff. But at the moment, KinkAcademy.com is a uh, educational website that is nine ninety five a month with four video updates a week that each video update is anywhere between 5 and 15 minutes long on a variety of topics with educators such as yourselves. Uh, and so that's what we'll use the video for, that talking about slutty sex to help people who are um, all over the world who either don't have access to this information at all or who are able to come to these events, um, you know, fantastic kink and BDSM and sexual positive events, but who don't always get to all the classes that they would care to or would like a refresher from classes they've taken before. So it's a really, you know, it's a really multi-purpose website. So it sounds like a great opportunity for people that don't have, and granted these events are wonderful, but they can get expensive, especially if you have to travel. So is it an alternative to actually going to an event? I get to see some of some of the same presenters that I would see here? Absolutely. Uh, all of the presenters on Kink Academy are respected in their fields and are um, frequent presenters at events all over place. Um, most educators have that are on the King Academy have an extensive presenting <laughs> uh, experience list. Um, and so absolutely, it's a great way to see the people. And one thing I like to say too is, um, you know, it's it's kind of a two-fold thing. One, it, if, you're, if you're never going to go to events anyways, it absolutely is an excellent replacement for it. Mm -hmm. it you get to see the presenters, you get them in bite-sized pieces, you get them on your own schedule, uh, you get to watch you know, maybe one presenter talk about tickling for 15 minutes and then one talk about bondage for five minutes and you're ready to go. Um, but I do also think that it's a really valuable resource for people who do also go to this, who maybe before you commit to a one-hour class, like sitting in a one-hour class, you check out one of their videos and you see, oh, does this, do I like this presenter's style? Does this content work for me, that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, my hope is that it, it's helpful for everybody. <laughs> and not everybody is close to events like this. I mean, some of us have to travel to get to it. So Kink Academy just sounds like a, a fabulous alternative for those people that can't travel. And I can see another advantage is if I'm thinking about going to an event 
and I can look at the list of presenters, and then I can go to Kink Academy and, and check those presenters out and see what I'm getting for my money. Exactly. Because the, the presenters are, I mean, you know, these events in many ways obviously are worth the money. And, are, and, and I mean, you can't replace the camaraderie and the community right. that happens at these events. But in terms of the educational piece of it, yeah, I mean, it, it really can be an amazing um, prep for events mm-hmm. or alternative, um, which is a major reason for the price point. I get a lot of um, mixed responses to the nine ninety five price point. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, people that are appalled that I'm charging anything at all. Oh yes. To which I reply, Have you? Haven't you ever spent one hundred seventy five dollars to go to a weekend event? And are you paying for? Isn't that part of paying for education? Um, to people going to saying like you know nine ninety five, then there must not be very much content. On there, I would expect to pay a lot more, mm-hmm. um, but it truly is like a fundamental part of my philosophy for the King Academy that at nine ninety five, anyone almost can access this information, and um, you know, it's literally if you cut out you know two coffees a month, you can pay for this, <laughs> and you know. I've I've taken a saying, you know, if you can't pay nine ninety five to improve your sex life, you probably don't deserve to get laid. <laughs> uh, so you know, so yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of price point for um, events and that sort of thing, you know, there's there's no comparison. Not because of the, uh, not because there's not amazing resources on the King Academy, but because it's it's formatted in such an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. Well, long term listeners to the podcast will know that I've got an interesting feel about money and sometimes I think things are reasonable price sometimes I think people and granted sorry listeners no rants here about how I feel about Tantra teachers that charge $900 to give me a lingam massage I can get a $20 lingam massage from a hooker which feels really good too hey I do it for free (laughs) (laughs) that's very true price points for everyone exactly so I very much appreciate the fact that you started off our conversation just now with the fact that it's $9.95 a month Mm -hmm. and we're looking around and I see some really expensive equipment over there that you're using to gather this video and I actually I bet that photographer behind you is a somewhat expensive resource as well (laughs) he's nodding yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well, I mean, and, and that's the thing. People, you know, a lot of times they look at a website and they go, oh, you threw up a website. Well, you know, that's not how it works. And certainly not to get um, over over 30. Now, after this weekend, it'll be almost 40 educators. Um, I'm also a firm believer in paying the educators. People don't um, necessarily understand how difficult it is for BDSM educators, for sex educators to actually get paid mm-hmm. because of this stigma in my opinion, strange stigma about paying people for their knowledge and wisdom and experience in the in the BDSM community. And again, I'm a firm believer in getting the information out to people, but that doesn't mean that um, that there's not a, some sort of cost to that. Mm-hmm. And we we do um, health clips, um, like how to put on a condom, and oh. we're getting a lot of stuff on like STDs and on psychology and on legalities about sexuality. All that stuff is free. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn how to get better blowjobs, if you want to learn how to play with fire, I mean, if that's not worth nine ninety five a month, you know, again, you know, you need to reevaluate your sexual priorities. In my not so humble opinion, <laughs> give me some examples of who's on the website. Uh, Lee Harrington uh, just joined the website not too long ago. British Lucky Paul, Claudia Rothschild, um, Anita Wagner is going to be joining us. Um, I I teach classes. Cecilia Tan. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Oh, let's see here. So many. Um, uh, we and and we actually just um, we're in talks right now with Jay Wiseman to oh, get Jay Wiseman nice. on board in the next uh, month or so. And so there there's everything from there's everyone from like locally well known presenters, and we travel to get different presenters um, to the nationally known published. Uh, you know, Household name types. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. That's great. I mean, and as much as I, Dawn and I are big Lee Harrington fan boys and fan girls that we are, and love Jay Wiseman and had him on the podcast, some of these local presenters, you know, mm-hmm. they're just not as well known as everybody else and have wonderful information and they bring a different view of things. So that's great to hear that we're getting them on there as well. Absolutely. A good cross cut of the community is what it sounds like. Right. Well, and different perspectives. Um, I mean, again, like the site is growing right now. We launched in September and we st- I started off with um, five days a week videos and we did we went we did cut back to four and now we're gonna we're very firm at four um, <laughs> because that is a lot of content every week. Um, but part of the um, part of the point of that is so that we can get so many different perspectives that we want, you know, um, het perspectives, lesbian perspectives, gay perspectives from, I mean, just, you know, I, I couldn't even list all the various perspectives <laughs> in our delightfully mixed community and that um, there will not be anyone who is left out of the, of the King Academy um, in terms of, you know, sexual interests and persuasion. Wow, fantastic. Nice. Well, let me ask you one more question, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Where are we going to see King Academy in a year or two? Oh, everywhere! If I can help it, <laughs> um, I, I really, I really hope to make Kink Academy um, even more also a mainstream name. I mean, I want everybody in the kink community to to know it, to love it, to to see it for what an incredible supportive resource it is too. To see it as something that pays the educators, so the educators can share their content with a higher reach of people, that the educators get more exposure, you know, I'm out on the horn tooting the Kink Academy horn, but along those lines, I'm also tooting the Dan and Don horn, and the Claudia Rothschild horn, <laughs> right, and, right. you know, and every and people who, um, who, who, you know, need to be shared with the world, I mean, essentially, and so my hope is to really get out there, I mean, I, we're working on, um, you know, articles in mainstream magazines, you know, Bitch Magazine, Cosmo Magazine, um, would love to be working on getting some like mainstream radio stuff, and of course, I always, you know, I not so jokingly say I, you know, hope to end up on the View someday, uh, talking with Barbara Walters about, you know, spanking techniques and that <laughs> sort of thing. And you know, I'm a firm believer that you know, if you don't dream it, it's not going to happen. Sure. Um, but that I also know that outside of the reach of the, um, I like the identified people who identify as kinky. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who say to themselves, "Oh, I'm not kinky. I just like to get choked and slapped." <laughs> or, you know, I'm not kinky, but you know, I just like to you know fart on my boyfriend's face and then masturbate him. Or I'm not kinky, but you know, and you can you can follow that sentence with anything that they don't identify as kinky, but that they want to know how to do this stuff and they want to know how to do this stuff in a safe way, mm-hmm. in an accepting, in like a you know. The, the reality of positivity that this stuff can share with right. people. Um, and so, you know, my hope is to really broaden the, uh, the appeal and the, um, again, the resource resources available for somebody who either, you know, whether they are just starting out or have been in the scene for years, because we've also got advanced stuff. Mm-hmm. you know, on the site. And so, you know, in a year with, you know, four video updates 
a day, you know, or a week. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be big. We're gonna be everywhere, and we're gonna be helping the kink community, um, you know, in both in terms of financial support and paying educators and grants for educators. I mean, we got a lot of plans for that. I'd love to do another. Maybe talk someday about that. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, you know, but but something that is a resource to not only the kink community, but um, honestly, society at large in terms of getting in touch with their sexuality in a safer way. Fantastic. Wonderful. This all sounds great. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to have both of you be a part of it, and I look forward to doing more topics with you both in the future. Our, it's our pleasure, and thank you very much for being on our podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It was a great time. Absolutely, anytime. Okay, thank you very much, Callie. Now, since we have all that video stuff up there, I've got this other kink I'd like to take care of real quickly. Coming up next week. The Dominant Handbook. By Dawn. By Dan. Heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.